welcome back to season five of the Lighting Your Way podcast. My name is Betty Long, and I am your host during these conversations. I do hope that you enjoy them, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. In this episode, I talk with Colleen Quinn, one of the folks who have guardian nurses as a benefit of their employment. Colleen is a real live superhero, mom to her 16-year-old son, Paul, who was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was 12, and champion for epilepsy patients everywhere, but most notably in New Jersey. As you'll hear, she is a tireless and fiercely committed advocate, and it was an honor to talk with her. Colleen Quinn, welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Thank you for taking time to be with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I look forward to our conversation. You are a passionate advocate, and I, I love that. Uh, but we have a lot of questions to ask you first. So let me let me tee up. You know, we wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about your advocacy on behalf of your son, whose name is Paul St. Pierre, and Paul, who's now 16, right? 16? Correct. Yeah. 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 So he was diagnosed with epilepsy at age 12, and you have worked with your local state legislators to create Paul's Law, which was signed into law in 2020, right? Um, and that authorizes parents or guardians to request the use of an individualized health care plan for students with epilepsy or seizure disorders. So I, I'm really curious back then what motivated you? Like, what was there something that happened in Paul's school that made you say, hey, we can do better? That's kind of a tough question. I, I feel like there was like several motivators. Um, you know, when he was first diagnosed, I was just doing a lot of research and his seizures started in one location on his body. Eventually they morphed um, and did what they referred to as a Jacksonian march down his whole body. But initially, um they were short in duration and they weren't recognized by the school um until he began to have them at home um that's when i thought that something was wrong and decided to pursue um finding out what was wrong and then getting the diagnosis of epilepsy and then even after that there was instances of him being told to walk to the nurse after he had one. So I just thought, <laughs> you know, well, we, we, we could do better. And then wow. I had a friend yeah. who had done it in um, Texas, and we knew a woman who, well, she was working on it in Texas. Her name is Sherry Dudo. And then I knew a woman who had done it in Kentucky, um, the Lindsey Crunk Act, Cindy Crunk and her daughter, Lindsey. So I just figured, so when well, you say, here I when am you in say New Jersey. Well, when you say these gals did this, right, so they're all moms of children who had epilepsy and, and were, what, petitioning the so, school or the, the legislature? Tell me what. So the Lindsey Crunk Act was done in Kentucky, um, and it's very similar to Paul's law. And then my girl, that's a mom and her daughter. Her daughter has epilepsy. And then um, Sari Duda was working on Caesar Safe Schools in Texas. She's a teacher who has epilepsy, and mm. she did it in honor of a young woman, Samantha Watkins, who passed away from epilepsy. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so I guess I, they were pretty motivated. <laughs> oh, listen, what I never underestimate 
the power of a woman, right? And uh, <laughs> or a mom, even for that matter, right? Because uh, that's certainly where it came from. So your journey into learning about epilepsy was because of Paul, right? So, uh, you know, I hear yeah. you, the Jacksonian March. You're you're pretty savvy now, I'm sure, uh, with learning all the medical terms. But what, you know, what was happening in the school that you felt, so a teacher's asking Paul to, what, go back to the nurse's office after he had a seizure? So if he, if he had a seizure in the classroom, then they would tell him to walk to the nurse's office. Oh. Yeah. And well, I, you know, what I did they that do? That was the best plan. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Put yourself, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get over to that nurse's station. Um, wh- what was ha- What were they doing yeah. when he was having the seizure? Well, they didn't recognize the seizure because they, you know, they were very much, you know, they weren't absent seizures, but they presented very much like an absent seizure. So, okay. you know, there's plenty of circumstances, I believe, that are out there. And you're a nurse. You, you know much more about this than I do. But circumstances out there where kids, you know, I've worked in schools since, I don't know, the 2000, a long time. And um, there's plenty of scenarios out there where, you know, kids with epilepsy who have absence seizures can look like they're not paying attention and they're daydreaming mm-hmm. and really they're having a seizure. So I think um, that was part of the issue with Paul as well. Oh, okay. So once the once his seizures evolved, right, and, and it was more of the, you know, the obvious seizure, did the, did the teachers then change the way they responded to him? Um, maybe not so much, not until, um, not until I started working on this law. (laughs) (laughs) Had a girl. (laughs) Well, I approached, I approached the school to do a sort of a test for me and have them take the training and participate in helping me work on the law. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was the school that he attended at the time, um, in our hometown. And then I am fortunate enough to work for a very good school district, and my boss was watching everything that we were going through. Mm-hmm. And she said, let's train all of our aides. So oh, they great. hopped on as well. Um, great. So oh, that's great. We had good support. So, yeah. So tell me tell me about Paws Law when it, when it's enacted. I, I know what it does, right? We describe what it does. But tell me, mm-hmm. you know, in a day-to-day, in a day-to-day type of operations, how does it impact the, the student? Well, so I think that, you know, everyone has different protocols for their seizures dictated by their epileptologist. So I think having a specific seizure action plan available for each student that Mm -hmm. the teachers can click on and know the specifics for each individual student instead of just a general, here's what you do if there's a seizure, um, is very helpful. And then I think the training um, given by the uh, Epilepsy Foundation of America and the Epilepsy Alliance of America. Um, we specifically have in the past here used the Epilepsy Services of New Jersey's training as well. And I think that teaching the recognition piece also helps um, to identify kids earlier because they spend more time at school than they do at home. Right, right. And so yeah, no, can I... be brought on by stress and you know, kids are more stressed when they're trying to work hard. And, you know, so I think that, you know, sometimes this could be caught quicker in school, especially the kids who don't have tonic clonics. 
Correct. And I think uh, I remember one of our nurses went out to a school district uh, many years ago about that same thing. The student was having the, the teachers were nervous, you know, when he was going to have a seizure. And and she explained to them how to help him and how to get him through it safely. Right. Um, probably before it was well before Paul's law. Right. So you're, and I think yeah. knowledge is power. Right. So people are afraid if they don't know. But once they know and they can be effective until the nurse gets there right. then they feel like they know what to do and they can, you know, help protect the person. Right. Well, and knowledge is power and communication is key. Right. So, that, you know, we see that all the time with patients when we're dealing with them, not necessarily in the schools, but in the hospitals. So communication to, to have everyone understand what's going on. Right. So here's a student. He has epilepsy. Right. This is his care plan, which is, you know, kind of cool. I mean, it's it's like an IEP only for healthcare, Right. Right. Specifically, which is great. Right. Yeah. So so, <laughs> Colleen, I'm not to you know, mention. Go ahead. Not to mention that, look, we're talking about the identified kids. We're not even talking about the kids that aren't identified yet or the one in 10 people that are going to have a seizure once in their lifetime could also be in a school, right? Mm, so right. the training, um, not just the health care plan or the seizure action plan, but the training to identify um, some of these types of seizures, I think, is, was also critical. And do all school districts, is that training kind of um, common to, for teachers? So if I, if I'm a teacher it in my school, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that answer. Good job. <laughs> I mean, I have friends in in Pennsylvania and around the country who are teachers, so I'll have to follow up with them and see. You know, if it's state by state, right? You you you've been talking it about it is state by state. It is yeah. state by state, and Cindy and Sari and I have helped pass it. You know, between our states and. The states we've helped, I think we're at like nine states we've helped in. So, right, and wasn't there one you were telling me? It's it's most recently in Georgia. Is that is that the most recent Georgia? Yeah, and his name is AJ Taylor from Georgia. He's a young man who, you know, is just an amazing advocate. He's 28, but he experienced a tough time in high school because of this. So, and he had to directly teach his peers. So this is the student, or this is a young man who's gone from school, but wanted to work to change the school law to make exactly. it better. Wow, that's really mm-hmm. cool. So, so what I'm what I'm so struck by in any conversation I have with you is your passion, right? And and listen, there's a lot of people out there who see things that could be better or maybe should be better and don't do anything about it. So have you, let's turn the light on you. Have you always been somebody who, who got things done or who, you know, saw uh, injustice and, and rallied? Um, I don't really know. I, I mean, I guess I would have to say no to that. I mean, I'm passionate what I'm passionate about, but I mean, I don't know that, you know, I was always kind of politically active for like the underdog, maybe to an extent, but nothing okay. like of this nature, I guess. Nothing of this nature. Okay. And how long was it before when you started the to to, um, to rally the troops until the law was passed? So it was passed in 2020 and Paul was diagnosed. Right. So, right? yeah, so. it was crazy fast. 
So um, it was a whirlwind. I, I don't even know that I remember all of it because <laughs> it was that much of a whirlwind. So um, he was diagnosed um, finally. So his first seizure was in November. He was diagnosed in February, um, okay. not until the end of February. So there was a lot of time there trying to get a diagnosis. Um, and that was a really rough period. And then um, I guess February went on. We just kind of tried to, you know, do our best and realizing what needed to be fixed. And then we went to our senator in the summer. And he, um, when the session started in September, he had the bill ready to go. He wrote it and it went passed and was signed by Governor Murphy in January. So it was wow. fast. It was oh, really my gosh. Fast. I wish that I wish that Congress would move that fast. <laughs> Jeez, holy smokes! So, Colleen, okay. I know that um, Stephanie Hausman, one of our nurses, is working with you. Um, how were we involved in the in the process early on with Paul? So, I met Stephanie in the most interesting way you could ever meet anyone. <laughs> I have to laugh about it because she's like one of my favorite people now, but it's just so bizarre. And so. Um, you know, Paul's first doctor's visits were to our pediatrician and ophthalmologist and optomic surgeon, you know, the emergency room at shop, like many different, you know, visits trying to figure out what this was. And, you know, no one could see it except for me because it wouldn't happen for anyone other than when, you know. So eventually we got the diagnosis and um, that was February. We did testing and then we did a stay at the EMU. and. All of a sudden, there was a phone call. Um, somebody's coming up to see you. And then a knock on the door, and it was smiling, sweet Stephanie with a <laughs> bag of, like, little healthy snacks. And I was never so happy to see anybody in my life because I was pretty unprepared for the AMU <laughs> and the fact that you're not supposed to leave the room. Um, so she was truly a guardian angel and um, still is to this day with us. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I know she's very excited. Um, she keeps us she keeps us up to date on all the the comings and goings of the legislation. So, and I know that there's yeah, a there's she, a there's a new new law you're trying to get passed now, right in New Jersey. That was right. That. So that would be seizure safe signs in businesses. Um, so it would be they would be disseminated to employers, and employers would disseminate them in the state of New Jersey. And I think, um, you know, at their places of employment. And I think that that would be good because, you know, ideally, if you remember an acronym, you can know what to do on a most basic level. I mean, ideally, you won't want to try take the training from the Epilepsy Alliance. But, you know, not everyone in the world is going to go run out and take the training. Let's be realistic. So the next best thing, and especially in the work sector, would be to have um, signs and I like, personally, I like the trust sign, so that's the sign I'm advocating for um, okay. to be. And what's, is that, that an acronym, use. TRUST? It is. Um, it's TRUST, and it's assigned by um, Epilepsy Services of New Jersey, and it's the acronym is for turning the person on their side, removing objects, putting something soft under their head, staying with the person, and timing the seizure. Great. That's so, easy. Pretty right? easy Trust. to remember. Yeah. And, Very easy. Yeah. You know, could be extremely helpful. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I work with a bunch of nurses, but not everybody does. <laughs> so right. If, if you're in, uh, you know, Costco or something 
it might be nice to have people who know what to do. Um, so, right. so I, I, someone has a seizure disorder at work and, you know, they're comfortable letting someone know that person, you know, has a sign memorized or their signs up that people don't even have to know if someone doesn't want to disclose. Yeah. So where's that at in the legislature now, the safe sign? So it needs a Senate floor vote and then it is off to Governor Murphy. All right. And I'm hoping for that to happen in May. I see some politics in your future, perhaps. Oh, that's funny. Uh. (laughs) Maybe maybe for epilepsy politics, but I don't know about anything else. Well, listen, you've gotten two things. If this goes through, you've gotten two things done, which is way more than some of our legislators can, you know, can speak to. So, <laughs> Thanks. Um, it takes a village. I've had a lot of good help. Well, listen, included. I, speak, thank you for that. And I, I'm sure Stephanie appreciates that. Um, I, I remember uh, speaking of help. I remember my mom when I was little, you know, whenever I would get worked up about something, she'd say, write a letter, uh, which got me kind of started on my own consumer uh, letter writing campaign. But I was wondering, has Paul been involved in this uh, advocacy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning. um, You know, he when he was 12, he tried to write his testimony. And of course, I I helped him with it. But he went there himself in his little suit that I got him and he (laughs) testified. (laughs) That's great. and he's testified at every hearing that we've had for both bills. Um, most recently, his epilepsy has been, um, you know, the first year and a half, we were blessed. We had seizure control, unlike many families. Um, so it was a prime time for us to, you know, start working on Paul's Law because we were in a good place. And unfortunately, since then, we've kind of been struggling. Um, we've had a pretty decent last six months, um, with the exception of one bad incident. But um Overall, overall, um, Paul has been as involved as he could be. He he struggled at his last testimony. It was pretty sad to see, um, mm-hmm. you know, his like the memory struggles that come with epilepsy and the struggles mm-hmm. to read out loud. Like and the you know they were so kind to him. Take your time, young man. And he was okay. like, I, I do this a lot. I should be good at it. And they're like, No, mm-hmm. you're good at it. So <laughs> you know. He, he has high expectations for himself for this. Stuff. That's great. Well, listen, he's got you as a mom. I I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm glad that he's uh, I'm glad that he's involved. And I, I'm sure it's it's wonderful for him to see you so involved and so passionate and so successful at, at getting things done. Just not just for him, but for other students, which is really cool. Right. You're the cool mom. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because I actually asked his permission. What do you mean? So when this first all went down, he was, you know, 12 and, you know, social media, once it's out there, it's out there. So I sat him down and I said, you know, listen, you know, there was a law in Kentucky and my friend Terry's working on this law in Texas. What do you think? You know, what do you? Do you want to do it? I mean, we could try to do it. And he goes, well, everybody's going to know I have epilepsy. And I'm like, well, Uh you shouldn't be ashamed that you have epilepsy. Uh He's like, that's true, but I've been bullied. And I'm like, all right, well, it's up to you. And he was thinking, thinking, thinking. And then I said, is there anything you want to ask me? And he said, yeah, well, how many many people have it? Uh And I said, 
well, 12,000 kids in the state of New Jersey have it. And he said, well, we have to help all the kids. And that was it. But I did ask his permission. Oh, I see. Thank you. I, you know, I tend to block out social media as a impactful force in our society, but you're right. And especially as a kid, right? Because he's, that's, that's all they do is they're on social media. So thank you for the reminder. Um, so tell me about your foundation. You you have a foundation called Paul's Purple Warriors. Why was that set I, up? I do. And um, so I guess we wanted to have a big party is kind of how that started when we passed Paul's Law. We wanted to have a big party and raise money to send some kids to camp. Because along oh, the way, okay. we had met a bunch of kids who've never met any other kids with epilepsy. And we thought, oh, well, this isn't right. You know, they mm-hmm. need friends that they can talk to about, you know, their disability and, you know, their struggles. So um, we had to find some camps. So we found some camps. We found a camp in New Jersey um, run by the Epilepsy Alliance, um, well, Epilepsy Services of New Jersey for kids that are um, pretty impaired, have other difficulties besides epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So we thought that's a good camp for some kids. And then we found um, a camp from Epilepsy Foundation of Eastern Pennsylvania, and it's a great camp, and it's for kids that, you know, don't have other medical conditions. It's just strictly Mm -hmm. epilepsy. So we thought, well, these these are two great camps. Let's make some money, celebrate the passing of Paul's Law, and send a bunch of kids to camp. So that's how (laughs) the foundation started. And have a great party, right, in the meantime. And have a great party. Because it oh, wasn't a lot of work. I mean, I said it was fast, but I didn't say it wasn't a lot of work. So. <laughs> Good point. Touche. So so what do you, is it a fundraiser every year that you have? How does it work? Um, so we do lots of little fundraisers throughout the year. Um, we have a website now. We um, were finally, uh, it took a long time to become a 501c3 because we did it during the pandemic. So uh, okay. that took like a year. Um, so yeah, so we do a lot of awareness events. We, um, sadly, um, we reach out to families who have lost loved ones of epilepsy Mm -hmm. and we send a little gift to them, um, you know, a personalized gift to them, um, commemorating the loss of their loved one. And then we send kids to camp and, you know, we're going to look to broaden our services also to do things for adults in the epilepsy space. We just oh, have to figure great. out what that's going to look like. That's great. Yeah, What's the website? dpwnj.org. P for Paul, purple for Paul, W for warrior, NJ for New Jersey, dot .org? Dot .org. Okay, mm-hmm. so dpwnj.org. Catchy. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> My best um, friend Colleen does all that stuff. I, I can take no credit for that. <laughs> that's okay. It, as you said, it takes a village. It does take a village. She's our financial advisor. She's our website person. <laughs> she, she does all that stuff. That's great. That's great. Okay. So, so let me, I'm going to go back to you. And, and one of the things that a lot of us at Guardian Nurses want to know about you because you're a single mom and you work full time and you have a 16 year old, you know, with normal teenage needs plus his medical needs. So what keeps you going? Oh, um, 
I don't know, maybe I'm a little fixated on this at this point because, you know, we were state number five. And now I'm just like, if we did it, anybody can do it. That's my line. So when I find people on on my Facebook page, National Epilepsy Advocates for Seizure Safe Schools, I just say, well, if we did it, you can do it. So do you want to do it or do you not want to do it? And most of the time they say yes. And then we just mentor the state. Um, oh, okay. That's how, you know, it worked in Missouri. That's how um, I found a lady who ran the Epilepsy Foundation of Louisiana, and she wanted to do it. So we helped her. We helped Ohio a little bit. We helped the guy wow. in Arizona pass it a little bit. Wow. Uh, recently, we helped our friend AJ in Georgia. But it's really, we're just, what we're doing for them, Cindy, Sherry, and I, is just giving them, like, the framework. All right, here's what you do. So really, okay. I mean, they're the ones doing the work. We're right. just like their guidance, you know, right. or their sounding board or, you know, so they're yeah. doing the work. But it is very exciting to watch um, other states pass where you kind of have seen the people grow there and walk through the journey with them at a distance. So it's it's really awesome. It's really awesome. Well, and Colleen, I think to myself, like, why isn't this already in place? Right? It's twenty twenty three, and and it's you, not you the wonder you know, that. epilepsy. And then you have yeah, that, you have states that have been at this, honest to God, for three years and haven't passed it. Oh my God, it's, it's like a no brainer, right? Like, I, I mean, you did it's the work. It's a no brainer, but right. Sadly, but sadly, there's some politics in everything, right? And you know, sadly, there are some folks in various states that lobby against the training, and that's the reality, unfortunately. They lobby against the training? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Oh, why? That's a very good question. Why? Um, because they think that, I guess, teachers don't want to take the training or they're anti any mandatory training for teachers or in some states, teachers don't get paid for their trainings. Uh-huh. It varies very much state to state um, what the issue is, but it all goes back to any one of those things that I just named. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I I just think it's, you know, you want to keep people safe, right? That's your, you're a teacher. You want to, and they're in your classroom and they're, you're responsible. And I understand. It's not the teachers. We've had teachers testify in numerous states. We have, uh, we have a teacher who worked on it in Texas. Sherry, I told you that. You know, I work in a school in New Jersey. Um, you know, our South Carolina girls that are working on the law right now there. Um, one of those ladies is a teacher. It, it's really the upper echelon of, um, sadly, the school <laughs> administration, like the administration in these states. In these states, yes. Wow. wow. Not every I... state, but some. Wow. Okay, I, that's that's a whole nother podcast. Is the political makeup of wow? Okay, could so be. yeah, could be. Um, all right, so we we know what keeps you going. So, but, but what do you do? I know this is a question you probably get asked. What do you do to take care of you when you're not taking care of Paul and the the school, the acts, and all the legislation that you're trying to get passed? What do you do for fun? I do for fun. Jeez. Um, that's a tough one because I do, uh, I'm going to be honest, I do work on this a lot. 
(laughs) I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. It's a really tough question. Um, What do I like to do that I'm going to try to do more of this summer would probably be a better thing to ask me. Okay, Um, fair enough. These these, uh, these legislators go on break in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) So you can go on break too. Uh, right. So the summers are a little easier, although I do run a surf camp down the shore for 30 kids with epilepsy. So, oh. yeah, but that one's a well-oiled machine. We're on year three. We do it in conjunction with uh, our partners, Epilepsy Services of New Jersey. So that's on year three. So that's a pretty well-oiled machine. Okay. Um, but I do like, I like boating. Um, I don't know. Paul and I like to go crabbing. Okay. I like to go out with my girlfriends. I like to get my nails done. He plays golf. I like to play. I taught him, okay. but I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that's what I like to do. And I need to do more of that. But the weather hasn't cooperated recently for any of those activities. So I think I'm a summer person to answer your yeah. question. <laughs> well, that's great because you're working school, right? So you get a chance to. It to... works out, right? I'm yeah. a summer person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so Colin, I'm going to switch it back to, to, uh, parents and, and, um, and, and patients really what, what, you know, as we close this conversation, what would you say to a parent who just learned that their child has epilepsy given all the things that you've learned over the years? Uh, first I would ask where they live because I want to know if they live in a seizure state school state. Okay. <laughs> that okay. would be my first question. Okay. Um, and assuming that they did, my next question would be, are you seeing an epileptologist instead of, you know, your family practitioner or a neurologist? You should see an epileptologist. Um, and tell us, tell us the distinction. Find, How do you find an epileptologist? Um well, how do you find an epileptologist? I would just look for a level four epilepsy center in your state that's closest to your house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I, I think neurolog- neurologists are not all the same, right? And you want someone who's focuses no. on, you know, seizure. and they treat a variety of disorders of the brain. So, I mean, it makes sense to go to the person who specializes in your pr- right. specific brain disorder. Amen. So, that's why I always recommend seeing an epileptologist. Okay, great. So check the state. <laughs> That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, right? Check who you're, don't go to your primary care doctor for treatment. Anything else? Right. See an epileptologist. Find one and see one. Okay. And then anything about, um, you know, kind of websites or, you know, maybe drug websites or informational websites that would be helpful for folks? What what are some of your favorites? Um, I like Living Well with Epilepsy. I think there's a lot of good articles on there. It's my friend Jessica. Mm -hmm. Um, She does a really nice job. She's been in the epilepsy space for years, way before we even knew much about epilepsy. I think she's great. I think the Epilepsy Alliance of New Jersey does a great job. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I and join I, a parent I know. support group, or have okay. your kids get some counseling, or join a support group because it's a tough diagnosis, especially on a teen. Yeah, I can't imagine, right? Because all the all the awkwardness of being a teenager, 
right? And now right. with enhanced right. by social media, and then now you have a seizure disorder, which separates you from, you know, the quote, normal kids, right? And it can happen at any time. And you're embarrassed, you know, which God forbid right. you shouldn't be, but these right. kids are. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, right. Can we, we can both remember when we were teenagers and, uh, you know, teenagers are not kind. Now it's a tough time period. Yeah. Um, Colleen, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I so thank you for the work that you're doing on behalf of all the oh, patients. Right? <laughs> I, I'm so really you, you're, I love what you're doing. And I, and I, um, I certainly hope that we will continue to stay in touch and help you through this as Paul grows. I would appreciate that very much. You guys have been instrumental. You know, Stephanie has testified for us at hearings on behalf of these bills and they're good bills. And, um, you know, we're making a difference in New Jersey, and I've been lucky enough to find great advocates in, you know, Missouri, Arizona, Virginia, and yeah. Georgia, and work with Sherry and Cindy in Kentucky, and feel like we're making a real difference around here. So it's great. Well, it's you know, Paul's blessed. purple, per, Paul's purple warriors, right? <laughs> so so You're congratulations sweet. again on all the success you've had and thank you i know it comes from the heart so congratulations it and does. thanks again thanks and i appreciate you very much and your organization like i said uh, she made my day that day and she hasn't left my side ever yeah. since if i have medication questions she helps get me answers if i you know don't understand something a doctor sends me in a message you know she helps me with that she helps me figure out what could be what side effects of what medicine like well this one look at this it does this she's just been very instrumental in this journey and i can't say enough great things about you guys well thank you we are happy to be part of your team well and uh, <laughs> we're happy to have you, <laughs> you have right, a take great care rest of your day yeah thanks take for care. joining me bye -bye. i appreciate it bye-bye if you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.